and once again, welcome to the Man Cave Huddle. I am your host, Greg, and thank you for taking the time out of your schedule. And we're going to have a good time today. Woo, we got a couple things to talk about, but I just want to say, for all of you that are listening for the first time, thank you for all of you that are coming back and enjoying what you hear. Thank you. Tell a friend to tell a friend to tell a friend. Let's spread the love and let's just start having fun listening and just, you know, talking about lifestyle, entertainment, and sports. Today, since going to be straight sports, I want to talk about whew, the Cavs and the Warriors, Game 4. I want to also talk about in this episode, what potentially is LeBron's next move? Does he stay or does he go? And Terrell Owens, what did Terrell Owens say and does it really matter? Let's start off with the Cavs and the Warriors. So, if a lot of you, if you don't know by now... The newly NBA crown has been titled, and it's been given to your one and only Golden State Warriors. The Golden State Warriors did win the NBA Finals, Game 4, by a score of 108-85. And it was in, I don't want to say the score was indicative of the game. It was worse. Because um, the Cavs just looked uninspired. They had no sense of urgency. It just looked like a regular season game that was played on a Sunday. And they played Saturday night. And they went to the club. And they just looked lethargic. Just, let's just get this over as fast as possible. I don't want to say that it's anyone's fault. But being a human being, nobody's ever come back from 3 So I completely understand the way the Cavs felt. But you just would have wished that you would have just saw more effort, more fight, more sense of urgency. Uh, the Warriors, looking at them, they played as if they were down 0-3. And they had everything in the world to play for. They played inspired. They're out there screaming, hustling, showing emotions, showing energy. The ball snapping around the court. Every shot that's made, these guys are just being very animated. They look like, look, we don't want this to go to Game 5. We want to win, and we want to win in Cleveland. And they did it in dominating fashion as Kevin Durant was the MVP and takes home the second consecutive MVP trophy. Did he deserve the MVP trophy for the finals? Um, personally, myself, I thought maybe, I don't know if there's ever been a co-MVP. I was kind of thinking maybe the co-MVP, but then I was thinking, you know, what lost it for me? Or maybe, not for me, but maybe in the eyes of the voters, what lost it for Curry was the game in which he had 11 points. And I know that Durant has had some bad shooting games, but not games where he had 11 points. And the game three, that one three-point field goal that he knocked down in J.R. Smith, when he looked at the crowd and said, Are you not entertained? Are you not entertained? Is this not what you are here for? That shot is what got him the MVP. So, um, let's just wrap a bow on the season. NBA season is over. Next thing to look forward to is the NBA draft. But, right after the NBA draft, you have NBA free agency. And um, one of the things that's going to be interesting to hear is what LeBron James' next move is going to be because he can opt out of his contract. Now, it came out after the finals that LeBron James broke his hand. And that led to why he had uh, a bad game 2, 3, and 4. Now, it's unfortunate because that injury is going to weigh greatly on what's going to happen to him in his career and the next team that he's going to play for. Now, apparently what happened is that after game 1, 
the loss, J.R. Smith, the mistake, he went into the locker room, punched the chalkboard, and he says he broke his hand. Or it's basically broken, is what he said in the post game. And he had the whole cast out and everything, the soft cast out and everything. Now, to me, look, I've fractured bones in my body before. I've never broken anything. But if you have a bro and this is just me talking, I'm not saying anything about that man's injury because I'm not in his body. So I don't know if he's injured, if the head is broken or not. But from my experience of having fractures in my body, that part of your body doesn't function properly until it's fully healed. So for him to say he has a broken hand, and to play a sport like basketball where it's constantly getting bumped, you need to dribble, you need to catch the ball. It's not like you could hide the injury like a fractured cheekbone or orbital bone. Or in football, you have a broken pinky and you can hide it. If you have a broken hand, how can you function properly? He didn't play as if he were injured. Now, when you look back, yeah, he wasn't taking as many threes. Yeah, he wasn't taking a lot of shots off the paint. And he was going more to his left hand than his right hand. I get that. But my thing is, is just how ironic, right after, I'm talking commercial break, you come back. This is breaking news. LeBron James has been playing basically with a broken hand the entire finals. You're like, oh, come on. You know? I mean, look, if his hand is broken, it's broken. But to me, I don't want to say the guy is lying. I think, in my opinion, he punched a chalkboard and he bruised his hand to the point where it felt like it was broken, but it technically was not broken. So he was playing with a bruised hand. But in saying that, in the words of the great Derek Jeter, if you're able to play, you're not hurt. Sorry. That's just the way it goes. That's why I'm talking to you on the microphone. And I'm not a professional athlete because I just was not good enough. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? But if you're good enough to play, you're not hurt. And I think that Bruce Tan is going to affect his decision making and where he goes next. Because like I, I, I uh, aforementioned, he can opt out of his contract after this season, which he's going to do. And he can basically go wherever he wants. Now, I'm going to give you a couple teams that I think might be good destinations for him. But two teams off the bat that I've been hearing of, and these are my good joke teams that he's going to go and play for, are the Warriors. Good joke he's going to play with the Warriors. You think they're going to sit there and say, we need you? And have what, like a Fab Five? I don't think so. And the Boston Celtics. Look, if he goes to the Boston Celtics, which I don't think he would do, because A, Kyrie Irving is there. And why would you go? It would the perception would be that of you're going to play with Kyrie Irving. Cavs could have used him in the finals this year, but you're going to play with Kyrie Irving. And a la like Durant, you're gonna go. You're gonna go play against the team that pretty much you feel has the better shot at winning the the, the NBA title. I could see the logic, but good joke. That's not gonna happen either. That's, that's a good, a mighty good joke. Now, these are a handful of teams. Maybe some more might pop up depending on the draft and what moves that they make. But these are my top three teams that I feel um, are going to go and really make a push at LeBron. Coming in at number three, Philadelphia 76ers. You got Ben Simmons. You got the process, Joel Embiid. And everybody else, you could go. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? To make space for LeBron. 
But if you're telling me you're starting off with LeBron, Ben Simmons, and Joel Embiid, that's a very good nucleus right there. Now, in saying that, Ben Simmons is going to learn how to score. He's going to learn how to, how to shoot because LeBron James is a player that plays with the ball in his hand, and so does Ben Simmons. So something's going to have to give there. But in terms of winning, I believe that that is a good location for him to land. He could, I believe with LeBron there, they would have a really good shot at beating the Celtics. Now, could they beat the Warriors? Eh, I don't think so. Next team, the Rockets. Now, the thing is with the Rockets, you sit there and say James Harden is a flop in the playoffs. James Harden never shows up in these big games. You're right. But if you don't put the pressure on James Harden to score, and he becomes your second or third option, and all the scoring lands on LeBron's shoulders, maybe James Harden feels like, wow, look at all these open looks I'm getting, all these layup lines that I'm getting. Maybe he could give you a good solid 20 to 25, and I have to feel he has to go out there and give you 40. But a, a huge deal breaker is the injury, or how, how should I say, the status of Chris Paul. Is he going to be there the entire season, or unfortunately, is he going to do what he always does and gets injured in the playoffs? You know? And I believe they have to move some players around too to make some cap space for him. Now, in my opinion, this is the best team for LeBron to land on if he could beat if he wants to go and beat the Warriors next year. Another team in Texas, the San Antonio Spurs. Greg Popovich, the head coach, probably the best coach in the NBA. I don't know I know people that talk about Brad Stevens on the Celtics, but if the Spurs won more, we'd be talking about Pop more. But my point is, is that Popovich said he wants to meet with LeBron. Now let me tell you something. What was the problem that the Cavaliers had? Inexperienced players. They had veteran players, but not smart players. What do you have with the Spurs? Experienced players. LaMarcus Aldridge. You have championship players. Kwahi Leonard. You have players that have smarts and experience. And Tony Parker, who's coming off the bench, but still, he's not what he was, but he's still smart. That never leaves you. you st so you're telling me you start off with a good old Marcus Aldridge? You start off with a LeBron James? And, and a Kawhi Leonard, that's a nice little trifecta right there. I think that, coupled with the intelligence of Popovich and the great coaching... That could really be a situation where I think the Warriors could take the Spurs seriously and the Spurs could legit beat the Warriors. Now, I understand LeBron would probably have to give up his clout. And when I mean his clout, his power, his ability to say, this is what I want to happen with the roster. This is the, the coaching staff that I want. He'll have to give all that up. But you know what? What does he want? Does he want a ring or does he want a stat pad? Now, look, family's important. So if his wife and his kids that are older now say, I don't want to leave Cleveland, I get that. And you can't fault a man for wanting to be there for his family and do what's right for his family. But if they say, baby, go out there and get you another championship. If you want to win a championship, you got to do not what's right for you. You got to do what needs to be done. So if LeBron needs to sit there and say, look, I give up all my clout. And I know I worked my entire career to get to this point to say I could do whatever I want, but I'm going to do it your way. Maybe that's what he needs to do to win a ring. That's what he did when he went to Miami. Got a couple rings there. 
And then he's, he said, I want to do things my way. Miami said, no. He said, peace. And then he's doing things his way in Cleveland. And look at the roster that he wound up taking into the finals this year. Something to think about. Now, I want to move right along now to Terrell Owens. What Terrell Owens had to say last week. <clears throat> if you don't know by now, Terrell Owens is a newly inducted Hall of Fame wide receiver. He's played for a bunch of teams. Started out with the San Francisco 49ers. He was one of those bad boy type players, very outspoken, very... I don't know if he was the best guy to have in the locker room, but he was the best guy to have out on the field. Took his talents to the Philadelphia Eagles, where the Eagles lost to the Patriots in the Super Bowl, but had a fantastic game on a fractured ankle. Then he left Philadelphia, bounced around a couple teams, and he's retired. He After three years, you're eligible to be elected into the Hall of Fame, and he feels that they made him wait a couple years too long. So he's finally got elected into the Hall of Fame. And that ceremony is taking place this summer on August 4th. And he's come out with a statement and says, "Why?" and this is quote Terrell Owens, while I am incredibly appreciative of this opportunity, I have made the decision to publicly decline my invitation to attend the induction ceremony in Canton. After visiting Canton earlier this year, I came to the realization that I wish to celebrate what will be one of the most memorable days of my life elsewhere. Unquote. Basically what he's saying is, you know what? Thank you. I appreciate you all for putting me in the Hall of Fame. I'm good. I'm going to have a barbecue, have some wings, and chill out with family and friends. Now first off, it's his prerogative. You could do whatever you want to do and I get that. But let's really look at the big picture here and think outside of the box. He's the first player to have ever done that. That will do that if he does do that. But it's similar to you trying to work hard to be in a fraternity or sorority. And you do what they tell you to do. And you wind up being one of the best uh, people that goes through the process of entering a fraternity or a sorority. And on the day you are to cross over, you say, you know what? I'm good, man. I don't, I don't want to be in your fraternity or sorority anymore. I'm good. I just want to see what the process was like. But I'm good, man. Thank you, but no thank you. Now, he's not saying he doesn't want to be in the Hall of Fame, but that's how people that elected him in are taking it. Now, people are starting to come down on him. This is my opinion. If he doesn't want to go to the Hall of Fame induction ceremony, that's fine. But what he's saying and what he's doing to players that come in after him that are going to be similar to him. What I mean similar to him is that he wasn't the best guy to the media. He was kind of a bad guy in the locker room in terms of you either loved or you hated him. And guys like that need to realize that getting inducted into the Hall of Fame is not about 100% of your stats. The type of person that you are and your likability, unfortunately, matters. I'm not saying it's right, but it's the reality of the matter. Because it's a bunch of guys that sit in a room and they put all your numbers out. But then they sit there and say, well, when I wanted to interview this guy, he really gave me a hard time. Guys that I know that were in this locker room said he would really give them a hard time. Is that right? Of course it's not right. But is it what happens? Yes. 
I mean, a lot of guys sit there and wait all these years, and they're waiting because of the way they treated the media, or maybe they, they, they weren't first ballot Hall of Famers. And Terrell Owens waited because he didn't treat the media the right way. Is there a right way? I'm not a pro athlete to know. But what I am saying is, is that now other players that come in after Terrell Owens, they might be scrutinized like, now if we let this guy in, is he going to pull a Terrell Owens? Now maybe other players might be waiting even longer than he did. Like look at a Marshawn Lynch. Remember what he did? I'm just here so I won't be fined. I'm just here. Marshawn, what do you think about the game today? I'm just here so I won't be fine. Marshawn, you just won the Super Bowl. What do you think? I'm just here so I won't be fine. Marshawn, you ran over 32 guys. You scored 15 touchdowns. And your team had an undefeated season. What would you like to say? I'm just here so I won't be fine. Now, do you think somebody like him, he's going to be a first ballot Hall of Famer, which he should be? No. Right? I think Terrell Owens is making a mistake. And not for him but more so the players that are coming in after him. And I think he should rethink this because it's an opportunity where if he felt that he, de he doesn't like the election process, he doesn't like the way it goes down, during your speech, you're allowed 10 to 15 minutes during your speech where they sit there and they thank everybody from their mom, their dad, their first uh, Pop Warner football coach to their last coach they had in the league and everybody and anybody in between. Take two minutes out to sit there and say what you don't like about the election process. I mean, not going speaks volumes, but when you do go and actually articulate what your point is, that might have even more of a pro profound effect. But it's his prerogative, and he could do what he wants. One thing that I just thought of, and it just popped into my head right now. I told you the score of the game between the Golden State Warriors and the Cleveland Cavaliers, right? 108-105, 108-85. Still a little bit of numerology here. 108-85. Let's add that up real quick. How many points did they lose by? Yeah. 23. Your man, LeBron James. Isn't it ironic he lost by 23 points and is wearing number 23? <laughs> I don't know. It's just one of those things you look at you're like, wow. But anyway, thank you for listening to this episode. Me expressing my thoughts about how I feel. Cavs, Warriors Finals, Little LeBron, what's he going to do with his next move? And Terrell Owens, whew, what is he thinking? But anyway, as we do with every episode, I'm going to end it off with a positive quote. <clears throat> positive quote for today is, When you accept yourself, you are freed from burden of need, of needing others to accept you. Don't allow anyone or anything to control you, limit you, repress or discourage you from being your true self. I'm going to read that again because I know you all know I messed up. When you accept yourself, you are freed from burden of needing others to accept you. Don't allow anyone or anything to control you, limit you, repress you or discourage you from being the best true self you can be. Steve Maraboli is the author of that quote. Thank you for listening. Bye-bye, everybody.